Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Last week, I taught you how to deal with a loved one with ADHD. You learned exactly what ADHD is and how it's diagnosed, what causes it, and my 12 steps to finding connection and peace if your partner has ADHD. Well, today, I'll talk about the five problems, my top ones that you'll likely face at work, whether that's at home or in an office, if you have ADHD, and my top tools to deal with each. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. To the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I am, as always, pretty excited to be here. I'm really into talking to you about this today. Uh, last week, we, you know, again, covered ADHD, as I said. This week, I am going deep on problems and fixes. And I want to say that I'm saying it's at work, but it's really to get stuff done at home too. You know, anywhere, a lot of these tools will work. So I'll be focused on a work environment of some kind uh, or getting a project on, or it could be schoolwork for you, whatever that is. Um, but, you know, it really works sort of everywhere. And years ago, I did work for um, uh, PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. I, 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 I did some talks on uh, and helped. Uh, employees there on uh, how to fix, you know, what what some fixes were and problems at work and how to, how to, what my top tips were. So, uh, and over the years, I've, you know, done other talks with other organizations about this. This is something I definitely have a lot of experience in and feel really, really good about chatting with you about. So uh, if you have ADHD, we're just going to jump in and make it as short as possible. I know there's the love. <laughs> okay. So there's really top five issues. I, you know, there's many, obviously, but I, I created five top categories and my fixes for each one. So let's jump to it. So, oh, and before I get too far, sorry, I am taking a break from the podcast for two weeks. I do it every in between every season. We are rounding up our fifth season. And so the last two weeks of July, I take off. So there's two weeks, uh, four weeks a year. I don't do the podcast two weeks around the holidays here in the US at the end of December, and uh, two weeks here in the middle of the summer. And that gives me time to reboot and to, you know, I put a lot of work and effort into these podcasts and gives me some time to really just think about how I want the next season to be or the next part of the season and where I, where I want to focus. So as always, if you have questions that you would like answered, send them to abby at abbymedcalf.com or you can go on the website to the Let's Connect. And I'm starting YouTube live 
yeah, this week. And I'll be answering, I'll be doing Ask Dr. Abby and answering questions there. So if you have a question for Ask Dr. Abby, uh, send it on in. All right, that's it. Let's go. Problem number one, which maybe I just did, being easily distracted. I I started to jump in and then I went somewhere else. I know. I have some ADHD tendencies. I'm not going to lie. All right. So being easily distracted, I I think that's the top problem people face in, in a work environment or when you're trying to get something done. It's an issue, and I want to say this, distractibility, being easily distracted or distractibility is an issue. It's an internal issue and an external issue. So like I'm from both of those perspectives. So if you work at an office, obviously, you might be externally distracted, right? Uh, By things going on, you know, your coworkers being noisy or talking or people moving around, you know, printers going off, noises, whatever. If you work from home, those external distractions could be your dog or seeing the unfolded laundry on your bed or whatever. But I want to say you can also be easily distracted by internal things. Maybe you get hungry and then, you know, that gets distracts you really easily or thirsty or daydreaming about, you know, anything, a trip you want to take or just daydreaming in general about stuff. So that can be a real problem. So here are my top tips for if you are someone who's easily distracted. Uh, Number one is whether you work from home or drive to an office, make sure you have a dedicated space that's as private and quiet as possible. End of. Do not work at the dining room table where all kinds of stuff is going on. Do not work somewhere that you can't be really... um, really have your attention and all your things that you need very easily accessible. Don't be someone who, uh, I've had clients who have ADHD, they go to you know a coffee shop to work or something, and then they, they have papers everywhere or things. You, if, if you're going to do that, then, and I'll talk about that in a minute, you have to wear headphones or something to keep yourself very, un, you know, as least distracted as possible. I think those kind of environments are especially hard. Um, even libraries and things like that can be hard because people are coming in and out and doing things. It, it really depends on you know where you go. So if you work from home and there's nowhere you can have a dedicated space because it's so small, I want to highly recommend, did I say highly? Highly recommend that you either find an outside office space that you pay for and you just deal with it because it's so important or you, uh, you know, we work or something, you do a shared office space somewhere. Or you, you don't have to go maybe every day if you really can't afford it, but I can't stress it enough how important it is. I, this office, if you're watching me on YouTube, and if you are, please like and subscribe. Uh, if you watch me on YouTube, I'm here in my office, which is about a mile from my home. And there are places in my home I could set up, especially these days. I don't see clients in my office anymore. I really don't have to pay for an office. But I will tell you that the serenity I have here in my office you know, how I have it even decorated, you know, it's all, I'm very careful with how things are set up uh, and all those things so that I can really have an environment and it, you know, going to work. I, I, if I'm home and I do work from home occasionally on things, I ne- I'm never, ever as productive. I don't, I, 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 things distract me and I'm anxious more, more anxious when I work at home. I think it's because I can see things that aren't happening. <laughs> I can see that the dog needs to, wants to be walked. I can see that the, my, I, the dishes aren't put away. I can see that, oh, that, you know, there's dust on that thing over there. I can see it and it, it's, it doesn't work. And here at the office it does. So I've worked again with literally thousands of people now who have had ADHD. And I have to tell you 100%, this is my top thing that helps. Uh, If you're a student, I would say the same, you know, either find a library where you can like close a door, you know, in those little cubicle study rooms or something, you know, really, again, even if you can't do it all day, every day, do it for some of the time, at least some of the time you'll have that dedicated space. So Also set up specific times you'll be working and taking breaks and set a timer for those breaks. So for example, you might work at, so in other words, I'm going to talk a lot about scheduling today because it's so important. You might work at your desk. Like when I come in in the morning, the first thing I do, I do not check email, by the way, that talk about being able to go down a rabbit hole. I check emails later. The first thing I do after I meditate and all that 
is uh, that is my most productive time. So that's when I work on the podcast generally. I and I usually have an hour and a half or so, and I uh, I work often for an hour at a time on things. That's kind of how I do it. Or really, fifty minutes is when I set the timer for, and then I set it for the last ten because I like to have a ten minute warning that it's about to end. And if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm going to show you. You can hear it. <laughs> I have these like old school kitchen timers everywhere. I use them for meditation a lot. I like the little tick, tick, tick noise. It's very, it's sort of something I can focus on when I meditate. But I also use it here um, because when I pick up my phone to set a timer on my phone, what happens? You all know what happens. Yes. it It's just, there's things on there. There's whatever. There's things that can pull my attention. There's a game I want to play. I don't know. It's just, it, it's so much better to just be in the space. I close everything out. And I set the timer and that's that. And when it goes off at 50, I set it for another 10 because now I know I have to wrap up whatever I'm doing. And usually I get a fire under my ass if I've been, you know, not focused. And I will say with ADHD, what some I have some clients who set it for 30 minutes at a time because otherwise they daydream and waste time in there. If they set the timer more often, it's, it's like a little mindfulness thing. It kind of wakes them up like, oh, I got to be working. I was just daydreaming or I just got distracted at the water cooler or I just, whatever. It'll, you know, but I, I would say 50 minutes is good, but do that, like, see how that's scheduled, you know, maybe it's eight to nine twenty or something, make it as long or never over an hour and a half. I'll tell you that don't do over an hour and a half, even if you think you can s set it for a smaller period, but, uh, have a, have a timer. And I want you to, when the timer does go off after that hour or half hour break, whatever it is, your break is. I want you to physically get up and move and then come back to work and whatever that is for you. If you just stand up and stretch, if you uh, always walk out. For me, I my office, I can just walk outside really quick. There's a like a, a balcony outside my office and I like to go stand out there for a minute. I watch the traffic go by and I come back in. It's just, just two seconds, but sort of getting my blood moving. This is good for everybody, obviously, because I don't know that I have ADHD. Um, but it, it, it really just works to move the blood and move the flow and then come back. Okay. And again, this is from the research and my experience doing this for so many years with people who have this. I just want to, I want to throw that out there. Uh, these are tried and true methods. I've, you know, used many people as guinea pigs over the years as we try to figure out what works. Um, and I will say that for many people with ADHD, it's helpful to wear headphones that are either noise canceling or have something that, you know, feels like white noise to you, whatever it is to you. So for some people, that's an actual white noise, you know, in the background. For other people, it's a type of music. It could be classical or jazz. They have something sort of happening in the back and that actually helps them focus. Um, for me, that does not. I, I don't do well with that. But you have to learn you. And some of this is going to be you trying things out. You know, you're going to you know, think, oh, is this something to do? And for those of you who love someone with ADHD who are listening, I see you because you're trying to control that person. Go back and listen to the last episode. Um, you know, don't give this person all these helpful suggestions. You know, try to hold back. I know you're listening. I'm glad you're listening. You know, don't be throwing 50 suggestions at the person. Oh, Abby said this, or Abby said, you know, try to really, again, ask questions. Hey, do you want some help with your workspace? I listened to this thing by Abby. And I will tell you that they don't have to listen to the podcast. I always do a corresponding blog post, which will be on the website, which can be an e, and it's just, I purposely did the blog post differently, just in bullet points, like mostly bullet points to make it super easy for someone with ADHD to not have to like read paragraphs. I know that's the love I have. I was thinking of everything. Um, so, <laughs> so you can do that and maybe even just print that out or print out one little section or something, or, you know, one piece at a time for them, or just ask them if they want to look at it with you, that kind of thing. Okay. The other thing you can do, another tip, uh, is to set up your desk area with as few distractions as possible. So maybe don't be in front of a window. There's a lot of movement, you know, people, cars, birds, trees, swing in the wind, you know. Um, be mindful of maybe having, for me, I actually have the windows here to my left. You can usually tell because the left side of my face is lit up better than the right. Well, on YouTube, um, I have uh, windows to the left. For me, I, I don't want to be facing out the way. It would be even distracting for me. So I just, I face the wall, but I have the nice, you know, light coming in and it feels airy and light in here, but I'm facing a wall in front of me 
that has nothing on it. It has some artwork, but it doesn't have like tons of stickies or bulletin boards and things I should be doing. It, it's just it's just my a very large computer and that's it. So really think about your environment and what you're looking at and what's on your desk. You know, don't have 8 million things on your desk and piles and piles of stuff. It's going to be distracting. I want you to have specific times that you set up uh, and that you, so set up specific times that you return emails or answer voicemails. This is really, really important. Again, you want to work in these, you want to think about your workday in very discrete increments. That's how you want to think about it. Otherwise, the distractibility is huge. And you really do not give in to task switching or multitasking, which is a myth. It is an urban myth. People can't do it. No one can do it. Every, every person on the planet loses productivity when they task switch a lot. You are in, ADHD people are the worst, and, and, and you guys are really bad for this, okay? So like, like I said, you know, I come in, it's my most productive time, I get to it. Then I have a, a set amount of time I, I get to emails. And if I can't get to them all, I can't get to them all. Now, you might have a job where emails are, you know, the most important thing. And again, you just have to think about it. You've got to really, when you have a timer going and it's not just this endless, I'm just going to listen to emails or read emails now. If it's, I got a half an hour, I got to get through these things. You're going to be quicker. You're going to be snapping through. So do, but have that scheduled. Maybe after your, you know, you would have this really intense work time where you're working on a project, whatever you have to be the most uh, together about, and then go for a little break, come back do your emails, take another break. You know, this is how you want to do it. And I will tell you this, do not, and I repeat, do not have your cell phone anywhere in your vicinity, if at all possible. Now, some of you I know have ADHD and you work on your phone. Like literally you're taking meetings all day on your phone and you're texting people and you're doing that. I would say then that during the time when you have to really do work, work, or even in the time when you're, you know, uh, when you have like productive work, creative work, put it away. Don't even leave it on your desk. Just, just stick it in a drawer. You can open a drawer, stick it in there face down, and obviously have the notifications off. You know, don't have it beeping in there. And just do the work and then come back to it. You, the world will not crash if, you know, especially if you work in half hour, hour increments, it's okay. And you want, because the more you give in to those brain patterns, the worse it is. So really schedule, schedule, schedule. That's it. That's what you want to do. Success is scheduled. Jim Rohn said it years ago. I say it all the time. Success is scheduled, but especially, especially when you have ADHD, you've got to stick to a schedule. You can't just have a big open day in front of you with a long to-do list. It's not going to work. And you know it's not. That's why you're listening. All of your tasks should be scheduled instead. And I did an entire other episode on this, which I will link to uh, in the show notes, but um, at abbymedcalf.com. But I'm going to say this really quick right now. Don't have a to-do. To-do lists suck the soul. We know that they're bad for us. They make us anxious. I know you're freaking out right now. But you want to take anything you have on a to-do list and put it actually in your schedule because people with ADHD often also tend to have poor time management, which I'll talk about later. And this will help you with your time management. When you just have a long list, you just think you could do everything and you can't. And so if you think, oh, I've got four phone calls to make, I'm going to schedule, they each take about 15 minutes, I'm going to schedule those between nine and 10. Those are my calls. And that also helps you when you're on a call to say to someone, I have to go, I've got another call coming in. You could just say that, I've got another call coming in, I really have to go. Or when you get on, say, hey, I've got 15 minutes, I want to make sure we hit our points because I only have 15 minutes. You Otherwise, you're on the phone and you're chatting and you're going and they don't, you know, they might have all day. So you, you really want to stick to this. You don't have to be anal and crazy, but you got to be a little crazy because this is how stuff gets done. And remember to write everything down and not rely on your memory. And you can use the uh, voice recorder in your phone. You can use, you know, just write it, but you, write things down. Don't see, you know, someone says something to you, you're like, yeah, I got it. And then you're moving on. You will forget it. You know, you will. That's why you're listening. So get over that and start to write things down. I think people have their ego very involved in this stuff and they don't want to, I don't know, appear like they have to write things down. Get over yourself. Like it's better. I tell you when your ego gets bruised is when you don't do shit you're supposed to do and people are yelling at you. So guess what? Write it down. And I'm going to talk in a little bit about organization with what you write down. I'll get to that. But, it, you know, this part, 
not being, you know, distracted is to write it down. And then what I'm going to say for all this is you've got to get really good at mindfulness. Practice it throughout the day. <clears throat> mindfulness, download my mindfulness starter kit. Do anything you have to do to get better at mindfulness. It's so, so important. I can't begin to describe how important it is for everyone, but especially with ADHD. You've got to be in your, you got, you know, when you're so easily distracted, you have to be in your moments more so that you don't get so easily distracted. It'll help you more than almost anything. And again, I've worked with thousands of people and this is what they tell me is the big, um, really the big change. The scheduling and the mindfulness may really change the game. Okay. Problem number two is forgetting things. Like I just said, it, <laughs> it might seem like you forget things easily and, you know, well, you do. You do forget things easily. This isn't just due to a poor memory, though. That's why I think people oh, people with ADHD have a poor memory. I mean, we, you kind of do, but it, it's it's really a now, another outcome of being easily distracted. You're, you know, you're in a conversation, but your mind is somewhere else. So someone asks you something and you say yes, and you're, you seem fully conscious, but you're not. You're somewhere else because you're distracted. Um, and you... you it's kind of like sleepwalking for lack of, you know, you can look like you're wide awake when you're sleepwalking and you can do things, but you're asleep. You don't remember what you did. And that's very much what happens uh, for people who have ADHD during the day at work. Stuff's coming at you. You say you got it and you really don't. So again, practicing mindfulness will of course be helpful for remembering things. It's really, it's really gonna, but, but there are also some other tools you should employ. So my top tips for people who are forgetting things. Uh, number one is at after the end of conversations of any kind, really get in the habit of saying, you know, what I heard you say is, or so my next steps are, so what you're asking me to do next is, you know, uh, or even I have one client who just flat out asks, um, is there anything I was supposed to take out of this conversation that I'm supposed to do next? Cause right now I don't have anything written down. Like, is there anything? And I tell, I joke with my clients all the time. If there's a client listening, you know I do this. I'll say, uh, you know, hold on, I'm writing this down. When I, I write stuff down all the time during my sessions, because I will forget all the brilliant things I said or my clients said. <laughs> and I want to remember, I want to send them maybe follow-up notes, or I just want to really remember what we talked about for our next session so I'm really clear. And I do it during the session. It just I just take quick notes. I, I'm fully, uh, as my clients will tell you, I'm, I'm 100% uh, focused. As a matter of fact, it helps me focus, I think, even more. But sometimes I'll say to them, oh, let me write that down because you know I'll forget. Or they'll, um, they'll ask me, I'll say, oh, I'll send you this thing. I'll send you some list or something or the mindfulness starter kit. And I'll say, oh, let me write that. I write that down. I don't expect to remember it. Now, some of it's because I'm freaking old uh, and I forget crap all the time. But a lot of it is just this. It really is. It's really staying attentive and focused. So the other thing I want you to do is get in the habit of taking notes in meetings and throughout the day. And I want you to get a special notebook for this, an actual notebook, okay? So not the notes in your phone or on your computer, where you can get very easily distracted, maybe on your computer. I might let that go, but you've got to see if it works. If it doesn't work and if you start taking notes on your computer and then you notice yourself in another thing or checking your email or doing whatever, you can't do that anymore. You've got to just go old school and have a notebook. Or, um, you know, my, I have one of those fancy, beautiful iPads with the pens that, that you can just write and it, it creates a, a document for you, right? It just, you just write it and then it, you, Push a little, I think it's Novo, Nevo, Nevo. I don't remember the name of the, sorry, I should have looked it up. I have some program I use, which there's a million of them now, that uh, takes whatever I've written with the, fan, the little special Apple pen and makes it into an actual typed document that I can edit later and do things with. And so for me on my iPad, when I use that thing, I have nothing else on there. Like there's nowhere else to go. So that really, I don't even have my, I don't have my email on there. So it really helps me just stay focused to take notes. So I do use that um, for different kinds of things. And I've, I've actually used it in sessions with clients too before. But um, anyway, think, get creative, right? At, and at the end of the day, you want to take, take any notes of what you need to do and put those things in your schedule. So 
Uh, and you might have, I have a client who has a notebook for every kind of meeting she has to go to. She, she's got like four groups at work she's part of. And even in the notebook itself, she's put little, um, those little flag things on the sides for like to do and notes for meeting and whatever, you know, so that she has, she's organized even within her notebook. Like she's gotten to that. She uses different colored pens. Like she's tried a lot of things to really get, you know, better at noticing things. Um, but you, you've got, I want you to try things before you poo-poo them. Like if you're like, no, I have to take my computer everywhere. That's crazy. Try the notebook and see what works. See if it works better uh, or not. Just give it a try. We're, we're, we're brainstorming here, right? We're trying to see. So you would use your notebook. You would take lots of notes. Notes will really help you not be so easily distracted. Will help you stay on point. Will really help you in all these areas and help you obviously not forget, which is what we're working on now. Uh, and the again, the very last thing to do every day, well, not again, sorry. So do that and take, and again, schedule anything from that you took from the notes and put it into your actual schedule. And then the very last thing I want you to do every day is print out your schedule for the next day so you can see what your day will look like and plan accordingly, okay? So <laughs> I know. The, the impulsivity and the fast moving, you know, it's about slowing your role and having an actual printout of your schedule will really help. And there's tons of programs for this. There's tons of ways to do this. Uh, you know, you need to figure out what works best for you, but I want you to have something that's the hour by hour schedule for the next day with sort of everything written there so you can see it. So you can also mark right on it because with ADHD, especially if you have to go back later into an electronic calendar to move things around and change things, you probably won't, or you'll forget if it's right there in front of you with your notepad that you're carrying around all day, you know, your notebook and this schedule, this paper schedule, you can write right on it when you have to add something or take something away. And at the end of every day, right? So that's, oh, it's at the end of every day and you're going to have this visual, right? Um, and then yeah, I want you to do that, right? And then I want you to end every day by looking over the day's schedule that you just had. So you're going to have this piece of paper you're working on all day, right? The schedule. And at the end of that day, before you print out your new schedule for the next day, you're going to look that over and see what wasn't completed. And then you're going to add those items to your future schedule. Okay. So they don't get lost. So I, uh, you want to, what I do with my clients who have ADHD is I have them take 15 minutes at the end of the day, even though it, it takes five minutes. And I just, every day before you leave, before you leave, make it a habit that you're going to print out, you, before you print out the new schedule for the next day, you're going to look at the schedule for the day you just had, see what wasn't done. Then look at your schedule, the bigger piece, and you might have to move quite a bit around because you might have something you didn't do today that has to get done tomorrow, but, the, but tomorrow's already booked with things. Then you have to look at tomorrow and see what you're going to move. That's how you do it. And maybe you have to call people and say, hey, Jack, I'm not going to have that, that you know, thing to you until Friday, or I can't have the meeting, that meeting we have scheduled for tomorrow. I have to reschedule to Thursday because, you know, you want to have people, you don't want to be a flake. You don't want to just not show up or be so busy that you didn't do the right thing. Slow your roll. Take a minute. And do this. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It's a friggin' game changer. And these things won't get lost anymore. You won't feel bad all the time when you told someone you were going to do something and you didn't do it again. That kind of stuff becomes a thing of the past. And I'm not saying it never happens, but it's going to happen so rarely now that you're not going to be that gal or that guy. And it really feels better. So I, in related to this, you can use sticky notes, but I, my, people with ADHD, I tell them not to. <laughs> Instead, I'd rather you had a place in your notebook like or a separate notepad for quick to do things, right? And at the end of every day, again, you would take everything off that notepad or the sticky notes if you have to do it and add it to your schedule. Do not have stickies all over. This will distract you. This will mean thing they become wallpaper and things won't get done. You don't do the sticky system. It it very rarely works for any. I actually have never seen it work for people with ADHD. I'm not. I shouldn't say never. I'm sure there's people it's worked for. It's so rare. Don't like again. If it works, you wouldn't be listening. So 
if it works, then great. But if it hasn't worked, stop doing it. Don't, don't just keep beating yourself thinking, oh, now it'll work. Now it'll work. No, it won't. So try something else. Um, so just at the end of the day, everything comes off the, the stickies or the notepad and it goes into your schedule. So I, with my clients, I like a lot of them to have like a notebook where they, that they take to meetings, you know, or their meetings with themselves even where they're, you know, sketching something out or thinking of something. Uh, it's great to have a project notebook. You can get the really thin ones that are just for one project. Uh, it's better to waste paper, I hate to say that, than waste your mind, you know, go crazy with so that things are organized and, you know, really write things down in the notebook. This is for this and grab the correct notebook when you're going into a certain kind of meeting. So you always have your stuff with you. You always have everything in one place. I like to use the notebooks uh, when I've done this before with the little pockets. So that you can, if you get papers in a meeting or something, they can get at least in the meeting, you know, at least they're not going to get to your desk and then get lost among everything. And it's going to keep your desk cleaner. It's going to keep you cleaner. It just really is the way to go. I did this with my, I talked about my son last week who seems to have ADHD. And this is something we've done with him, which has really helped with his schoolwork. So uh, I never let him have one of those big, you know, notebooks with the three sections for like three subjects i'm like nope if he has one with three sections it's still for one subject but he you know he might have like to do's in there or things to remember or what's due or you know whatever and notes um he, it's it can be divided but it's for one class one project one thing and i'm telling you it'll it, you'll be happy you did it uh and one last thing about that if you do take notes in meetings and that thing try to put the date on the top like really at the top in an easy to see place so that if you go back later, even on paper that you get, when you get a piece of paper in a meeting that you need to hold on to for some reason, put the date on the top that you got it. It'll just help you stay organized. I'm just telling you, it'll, you'll see the date. You know how sometimes you're looking like, what's that paper we got in the meeting last week? And you're looking all through the papers. You can't even remember what it looks like. You don't even remember what the title was. You're, you, so you're wasting time reading all these pieces of paper to try to see if that's the right one. Instead of just looking at the date across the top, if you knew it was in the meeting last Wednesday, that's easy enough. Give the date, see which ones. Oh, there's three things we got from that meeting. Pull them out. Oh, here's the one I was looking for. It, it will save you time, I promise. Okay. Problem number three is trouble with time management, right? Time management tends to be, I think, a huge issue for everyone, but especially huge if you have ADHD. So you either forget that you promise things or you greatly underestimate how long it'll take you to get something done. All of the tips I just gave you are going to help, but I'm going to kind of give more specifics here too. Uh, and again, my top tip, scheduling. I said it again success is scheduled. And I'm going to keep saying it because scheduling is your answer. I want you to have timers and alarms for everything. Okay. I do. I want you to, like I said, set the timer, have the thing. Cause it's one thing to have a schedule, but how are you going to stick to it? If you get so lost in something that you didn't realize where the time went. And again, that's why I like to do the 10 minute, you know, always give myself that 10 minutes of grace because I know I get really into something. I went down a rabbit hole and then I'm like, fuck, I've got <laughs> now at least I have 10 minutes to try to figure out an answer to the thing I was just off on some rabbit hole about as opposed to no time to do it or as opposed to not doing my next thing I'm supposed to do because I'm going down this hole that those 10 minutes, if it needs to be 15 for you, do 15. But remember, set it and then set it again. Just set that thing all day. It'll go off. I, I've been in office. I, I, you know, when I'm doing any consultant work and I have to physically go in an office, I keep one of those timers in my car and I throw it in my bag. I use them everywhere. They are so, so, so helpful. When I'm trying to be less obtrusive, I do use my phone. But uh, so that you know, everyone's like, what are you carrying a kitchen timer for? But, you know, do, do you, whatever works. And again, the mindfulness throughout the day, if you, even when the timer goes off, maybe see how am I feeling? Where was I just now, right? Uh, really the mindfulness and the scheduling I'm going to say over and over. So, but I want to say it again here too. Okay. The other thing you can do for time manage management is if you're working on a project, you got to break it down into steps and then schedule the steps on your calendar. Okay. So for me, I've talked about this before when I'm doing the podcast, 
Um, you know, I love to research and I love learning about this stuff. And I, I, every, when I first did the podcast, they took me like five hours a piece, maybe six, maybe eight. <laughs> I would work, just work. Cause I love to research. I love to read. I, it was taking me so much time to do every podcast. And I realized that that wasn't tenable. So I really thought, okay, how long is real? And this took me a minute to get to what's real. Because at first I was like, oh, an hour. It's like, no, of course not, right? It takes an hour to record the thing. So what I do now is I have three hours for every podcast. That's what I devote a week to each podcast, which is a lot of time when you think about it. But it's an hour to research, roughly an hour to research, roughly an hour to write it. And when I do the blog post and, you know, make my notes that I'm going to speak from when I do the actual podcast and an hour to record it. And some of the podcasts are a little longer than an hour and some are shorter, but you know, an hour about. And I don't usually do that in the same day because it's wearing, right? And when I'm, when I'm doing the talk to you, when I'm doing this part, I want to be, I do these usually first thing in the morning, fresh. I want to have a lot of energy. I want to be right there. And it's perfect because I've done the other two parts and then I just have this one piece to do and I can really do maybe a last look at my notes or something like that. Um, a lot of times I'm writing podcasts well ahead of when I'm going to record them, you know, all kinds of things. And I'm certainly recording well ahead of when you're usually listening. Uh, usually, not always. Um, <laughs> so uh, really see that I took even this project of the podcast, I broke it down and I set the timer for 50 minutes as I start to research. And then when it goes off, I know I have 10 minutes left to research. Whatever I can't find in an hour isn't going to happen. And I know you're going to ask, well, do you ever, you know, put more time into the research and less time into the writing? You know, I'm sure I have, I'm sure I've cheated. Of course I've cheated, but I mostly find that that bites me in the ass because Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to keep these relatively short anyway and to the point. And when I'm researching, and I'm a good researcher at this point, right? I know, you know, uh, when I'm researching, I could, they, they, it, research repeats itself. You hear the same things over and over. That's kind of how you know you're, you've looked at the preponderance of research. That's how you've known you've done most of it. Um, there's always more. There's always more to learn. There's always more to know. And then I just think to myself, well, I can update this later. I can do a, a, a newer version of that topic later and bring in more research. Uh, that can help too. So, Am, when I sometimes I get really great ideas um, about a podcast or uh, from somewhere, and I will, uh, you know, save a link maybe to a research article or a book I want to read about it, and I'll put that in the document I have for the podcast for whatever. Like on right now, I'm also studying procrastination because I want to. Um, do a podcast on procrastination. And whenever I come across something, which I was, obviously, when I was doing ADHD, I was throwing it into that document to look at later. That helps me not go down a rabbit hole now. And I thought to myself, oh, I should put procrastination in here. And, do, and I was like, nope, that's its own thing for everybody. So just stop. You know, it's the mindfulness that helps me stop going down that rabbit hole in a moment <laughs> and getting clearer on what I want to talk about. So. Okay. The other thing I want you to do for time management is to try to work with another person on projects uh, so you can have accountability and also a sounding board, which is really nice. Try to have even someone maybe who knows about your ADHD who will help keep you on track, who will uh, help you stay where you're supposed to stay. I love shiny, bright new objects all the time, and I would never finish anything, frankly, if it wasn't for my assistants who I hire over time. I always have these amazing women. I've been very lucky, knock wood, knock my head, whatever. Um, 
my wonderful right hand, Michelle, right now, you know, we meet every week and she helps me stay accountable. She helps me when I start to come up with some brand new idea or, oh, I was thinking of this thing. She's like, well, well, where is that in our, you know, Q2 goals, quarter two goals? And what do you want to move? And how's that going to happen? Or, or she's just like, well, you already talked about that. Are you sure you want to do that? Or, or she lets me go. And then she'll, you know, at the end, often when I'm talking to her, I get that I should change. I'm like, oh, wait, I just said this other thing. Let me, (laughs) let me reel it in, you know? Um, And that really helps too. So having an accountability partner or someone you're working with is super duper helpful. My other favorite time management tool is something I call the Coco Chanel rule. So the the designer Coco Chanel, if you haven't heard of Chanel, um, she famously had said that, you know, what you want to do to be well-dressed, whatever, before you leave the house, take off one piece of jewelry. Okay. And I still do this to this day. I do. Before I, as I'm putting things on, I usually put all my stuff on and then I take a minute and I look and I almost all the time, I mean, if I only have on a pair of earrings and nothing else, I don't. But a lot of the time I have on one too many rings or one too many something or too many necklaces and I take one off. And this is a great tool for ADHD folks, not with your jewelry, but for your schedule. Look at your schedule when you do that thing at the end of the day, when you're printing out your schedule for the next day, uh-huh, take something off. You, you have too much schedule, trust me. Maybe two things off. Look at that schedule and think to yourself, you know, is there anything here I can delegate? Is there anything here that absolutely doesn't have to happen that's just like a want to? And then you can put that, hey, if I have extra time at the end of the day, you won't. But if you did, you could do this thing. But what has to happen today? What do I have listed that has to happen that I'm definitely going to do? What is that? And that's what I want you to focus on. Okay? I know. When you're scheduling, really sit for a minute and be more realistic about how long things are going to take. You Trust me, I have tried over and over to break the space-time continuum. It's not possible. So you really have to think to yourself, oh, I've got, God, I've got to call back these four people and I have to do this. How long is that actually going to take? It's not going to take two minutes. It's going to take longer. So you have to look at the schedule and be very, very real and be real about that putting everything in the schedule. Don't be in denial and leaving, oh, that's just a few calls. I'll leave. Nope. Put them in. Really get clear. You have a time. This is when the calls are going to happen. And here's the calls I'm going to make. Get, I'm just telling you, going to make the difference. Okay. Problem number four is procrastination. (laughs) I know. So I'm, I'm going to, like I said, do a different episode on procrastination, but, you know, it had to be mentioned here. Uh, you know, you put things off over and over and eventually you, your boss and everyone on the team is ready to kill you. And only after you've berated yourself for an hour, of course, uh, you know, it's not like you don't want to kill you. You're, you're, you can't believe you did it again. You can't believe you overextended, you know, all the things. So it's time to start healthy habits to, you know, get shit done. and. I would say this. So number one is stick to your friggin' schedule. I know. I keep talking about it. At work, stick to it. Number two, though, is something that Mark Twain originally said that was then Brian Tracy later started saying, um, which is eat the frog. And that's what I do. Basically, it's whatever the hardest thing is in your day, do it first. First thing, before you can think, just do it. It's one of the reasons I work out very first thing in the morning before I've had time to do anything else, before I've had time to convince myself not to work out, just do it. So when you, the, when you come in the office, you know, the, the easy thing is to look at emails and stuff, right? You know, uh, or get lost on something, you know, eat the frog. If when you first come in and you have that time, maybe if you have to uh, call your boss about something and you've been putting it off and you don't want to talk to your boss, call right then. First thing, eat the frog. Do the hardest thing first. It's gun. It's really going to help you. First of all, feel like a badass. Second, you're going to really feel good. I'm just telling you. You're like, why did I put that off for so long? You know that feeling. You've had it already, and uh, it's really going to help you get things done. Because when the hard thing is done, you use that momentum for some easier things. It's great. And I really want you to think about giving yourself rewards at every break or completion. My reward often is just walking outside, but uh, sometimes it's grabbing a piece of gum or, you know, I try not to make it food rewards, so I'm not 800 pounds, but it could be a food reward. 
but I try to have some little reward. Maybe I set a timer for 10 minutes and I play a game on my phone um, as I complete things, not after just, you know, answering emails or something. I, I don't necessarily give myself a reward, but you know, when I've done the podcast, like I, I give myself little rewards. Those will help you with procrastination because it's something to look forward to that's attached to it. And again, working with someone so you have daily accountability, you know, don't wait for the whole week to be over before you are accountable with someone. Uh, Meet maybe daily with someone. Have like a work buddy that you do that with. Have a friend even that you just, you don't have to work with a person that you check in about certain things, you know, at the beginning or end of your day to help keep you on track. Because if you wait a week to check in, it's it's usually too long, too much time has gone by and you're feeling overwhelmed with the things you didn't do and how off course you got and you're beating yourself up and all the things. And we don't want all the things, right? We don't want them. Okay. Problem number five, you get bored easily. I see this problem quite a bit. Lots of people with ADHD really need a lot of stimulation or activity or they get bored easily. So, and obviously this creates a big problem if you have a job with a lot of routine tasks or you have paperwork or things like that, right? So here are my top tips for dealing with boredom. Number one, if, if this is a big thing for you, it's not for everybody. Again, ADHD can be with the inattentive type or the hyperactive type, it really depends or a combination thereof, but um, you really wanna take those breaks often. Every And here's the deal, every break should have three things. Okay, every break should have three things. So even the breaks I said in between things, whatever it is, they should have movement, some kind of movement. Get your ass up, okay, walk around, do whatever. They should have water, some kind of hydration, not coffee, coffee's not hydrating, something that's gonna hydrate you. You can drink your coffee too, but have some water. And then a mindful check-in of some point, so some kind. So just, you know, there's my, I said it earlier, there's my brain, whoa, where was I thinking about? Woo, I was up there. I was feeling really anxious about getting this project done. Oops, okay, I'm okay. I'm in the moment. Everything's good. I got this, you know? And just bring yourself back to center. So three things with every break, movement, water, mindful checking, okay? Then you really have to make sure you have a job that stimulates you. And you can ask your boss for projects that help keep your interest, you know, help keep you motivated, I would do that a lot, you know, I would really make sure, and if you don't have a job, if you're realizing, wow, I have the worst job for ADHD, it's time to start retraining, it's time to start really thinking about uh, how you could work and how that could look, what kind of job would be better for you, it is time, right, it is time. So, uh, but that, you know, I'm not going to get all into that now, but you need to really have something that grabs your interest. I love my work because I'm doing different things every day. For me, to just meet with clients, client after client after client all day, I, I wouldn't be good at it and I wouldn't like it. And so I don't want to do it. Uh, I meet with clients in very, you know, a couple at a time. I have a break, whatever. Uh, I really break it up. I have the podcast. I do speaking. I write. I do all kinds of things during the week um, that really help me stay very. So when I do meet with clients, I'm actually I'm really excited. When I look at my schedule every day, and I see who I'm, I'm like, oh, I love this person. Oh, I get to see them. Oh, I wonder what's happening here. I really, really enjoy my clients so, so much. And I get so much out of my sessions with them. And uh, so it feels really good instead of feeling draining, right? So set up your job. And, and that's something, here's, a, here's something in my job that I really like doing sometimes, but not all the time. So you might notice that if maybe you're just doing too much of one thing that you like, and then it's not likable anymore. Okay. Again, make sure you've broken up big projects into smaller portions. I already told you how I do the podcast, which is like a bigger project every week. But when I'm writing a book or I'm doing anything else, I really lay out all the pieces I, I take. I guess what I put in my schedule layout book. And that's usually it takes about maybe two hours to lay out a pro even three to lay out a program or something. And then all I'm doing is laying it out. I'm not doing another thing. I'm kind of laying out what the chapters might be, where I might get information from. And then I can look at my schedule and go, okay, and I work backwards. Okay, what date do I want to have the book done by? This date. Okay. So then I work backwards and I figure out what I have to do when to get all the pieces done to be done by that date. That is the only way to do it. I think everyone, again, ADHD or not, should do it this way it's so you don't have all that last minute craziness. It's so worth the time. Um, but anyway, I, I recommend it highly. So uh, 
Um, and I will say this too, make sure that when you do move in between things, it's as rigorous as possible. Uh, when you're moving in between one job and another or one, uh, you know, task and another, make sure it's, it's rigorous as you can. I think having a jump rope in your office is always an excellent idea. It will really help you move better. Okay. It, cause you can do 30 seconds on a jump rope, burn off some stress hormone and get right back to work. It's, I know it's so quick. It's so good. Uh, I have one here in my office. I go around in the neighborhood here. I usually try to find a street where I don't think people are going to stare at me. And I jump rope for 50, you know, 30 seconds, 15 seconds and hard. And it really, I know I'm not in shape like you might be able to do it for five minutes. Okay, I can't. But it burns off that hormone. I walk the rest of the block fast or something. And it really, and maybe I do it again for another inter- few intervals. And it just really helps move the blood, you know, get myself in a different kind of space. Uh, really, really good. Setting a timer. Again, remember that timer I mentioned that I have here? Um, jingling. You can set that for 15 minutes and just work on something. Just set it for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, work for that amount of time before taking a quick break. Just try that. If you can't do anything else, just try that. If you have something you have to start, start it. At least it'll get started. A a lot of times we have all or nothing thinking. Oh, I, I can't start that. I don't have enough time to really get going. You would be shocked and amazed, shock and awe at how much you can get done in 15 minutes. You really will. I love this trick for home too when I'm cleaning. I will set a timer for 15 minutes and go clean the kitchen for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes, clean the kitchen, do whatever you can do. And I will tell you, I always have it done within 15, Somebody, like easily. When I'm telling the kids to clean their rooms, it's so easy. Set a timer for 15 minutes. Instead of saying, go clean your room, say uh, 10 minutes of cleaning. And I just, you know, set it for 10 minutes or 15 and have them clean for t- whatever gets done, gets done. Trust me, it usually all gets done. I know. Uh, but our brains can handle it in a way they can't handle other things. Another thing that's really helpful is to have some kind of fidget type toys on your desk. I have a ton of them. Again, with I'm going to show people on, if you're not watching on YouTube, you don't see them, but I have these little, I don't know, poppy things. I've got this other thing I love. I'm showing people I, that I fidget with at my desk. Um, they are very helpful in helping me kind of focus. And uh, I again, I think they're good for a lot. Lots of people use fidget things that don't have ADHD. They're really great. And they um, will help you. They really will. So have some fidget toys around. So don't have too many toys. You'll get distracted, but have some. Utilize a standing desk and switch off between standing and sitting. I have a thing here on top of my desk that I can have a standing desk. So it's a regular desk, but I have this big thing that goes on top that uh, raises and lowers. And uh, it's great. And I have a little pad that came with it that I stand on that's good for my feet, you know, good for standing. So I'm not on the hard floor, little little padding thing. And that's how I work all day. I get up and down, up and down, up and down. When I'm writing the podcast, I'm usually sitting up and then, you know, I'm researching, uh, I'm sitting down, you know, with clients, I'm, I'm pretty much always sitting. But uh, all the other times I'm up and down. So, uh, it's just so good. So try that too. There's also, I know, you know, bikes and things and other, I, whatever works for you. But I think the stand, the thing on top of my desk, it costs like 500 bucks. It was not cheap. I'm not going to lie, but for my physical health and my mental health, it's $500 well spent as far as I'm concerned. So, and I'm sure there's cheaper ones. I, I just, I think it's the Vera desk or something. I don't know, but it's, I love it. And I've had it for years and it, it didn't have to be put together and it can't, it's heavy as hell, but um, it just was easy. I didn't have to think much about it. Okay. So I'm gonna give you some last tips for uh, also staying organized. Okay. Yeah, I know. And that is really much to create systems for everything, you know? So for example, emails, I have a bunch of subfolders in my email. And so, you know, when you get those, um, like I'm signed up for the Greater Good Science Center here in Berkeley. If you're not, if they're amazing, great research-based stuff. So I get their newsletter, comes every week. And a lot of them are things I don't care about, but a lot of them are things I do. And then I have a little subfolder in my email that says newsletter ideas. I send out a weekly love letter. Um, I have another one that says podcast ideas, because sometimes I'll, or I'll have it for the podcast. And I, th- I just transfer those right in. 
And then when the time comes that I'm sitting to do one of my love letters or I'm sitting to do a podcast or I'm looking at my content list for the podcast, I, I can go look through there to see what research articles I might want to, you know, delve or books I might want to buy or how I might want to delve deeper. It otherwise you end up and you know, right now, if you have 10,000 emails in your inbox, that's a problem. And I will tell you, if you do have 10,000 emails in your inbox, I would love for you to start over or hire someone to go through them all and triage or something like that, because it's really a problem for your mental health to have all those emails. It just becomes wallpaper that you're never going to do. So now when new one comes in, come new ones come in, you don't do those either because it's just this huge avalanche. So why even bother? Okay. If possible, another tip is to touch things only once, if possible. Mail, email documents, everything should be handled only once whenever you can. Getting, you just don't want to have these piles of papers or sticky notes anywhere. You really don't. And they, they come up and you end up, don't do it. So for another example is I have people write in with um, Ask Dr. Abby questions that I'm going to be doing on YouTube Live soon. and they ask me questions. I get questions all the time, like from people like, you know, what should I do about X, Y, or Z? And, and I tell you to send in your questions. It's fine. I'm not going to answer them though all specifically, but what I do is I print every one of those out and I have a little folder here because I like the visual of it. I have a little folder where I keep them in my drawer that says, uh, ask Dr. Abby. And, and then I just pull them out and I answer them. When I'm done answering them, I shred them piece of cake. <laughs> I do have a shredder under my desk. I shred a lot of stuff. You know, I get my bills here at the office, things like that. I don't uh, save my bills for the end of the month or something. I, I don't want piles of stuff. I pay my bills when I get them. They come in. Most of them are, you know, mortgage rivers automatic. You know, I don't think about that stuff, but uh, I do have as much as I can on automatic, you know, PG and E things that happen every month. I don't, I don't want to think about like just just pay here, it's paid. So it's less to worry about. But when things come in, I tend, I tend to pay them right away. So I don't have piles or things I have to remember to do because I got a lot going on. I'm moving fast and it's going to get forgotten and it's a problem. So uh, that's a little habit I've gotten into, but whatever works for you in that way, do. Uh, and this would take me to this other one, which I mentioned earlier, but I really want to say it, you know, get some help. Even if you work from home or, you know, you have your own little side hustle business or whatever, I would say think of hiring an, ad, an administrative assistant or a support person with your own money. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who work at big companies who there's no money for an admin assistant, right? There's no money for this person. And I just tell them, pay them yourself. You know, you can find on Upwork or other places, you can find admin assistants and, you know, sometimes you have to shuffle through to find the right person, but, and you can pay them and pay them a living wage, please. Please don't, you know, find someone in the middle of nowhere, but you can pay someone 20 bucks an hour, or 30 bucks an hour to, and you don't need them for 20 hours a week. You need them for a few hours a week. Right. And so I would really strongly encourage you to think of finding the money for that to have this person that helps keep you on track, to have this person that takes care of the little things that you don't have to do, that maybe books your business trips or whatever. Whatever, however you think or there's a thing that you could take off your plate with work that someone else can do that obviously isn't, you know, uh, privy information that they're, you know, they, they can't see into the company files, obviously, because they're not a company employee. But, you know, you can really think about how to have or have a home assistant who helps with stuff at home so you're less, you know, you have less to worry about it with work. Because the more decisions you have, the more things you have to think about, the more off track you're going to get. The harder and harder it's going to be. So, if you can take things off of the home schedule or the work schedule, take them off or maybe find a friend if you really don't have money, find an accountability partner to really uh, help you, you know, with this stuff. But that to me, an accountability partner is different. I want you to have actual help with things. Think about reaching into your own pocket. I know your work should pay for it. I know your boss should pay for it, but if they don't and you need the help, get the help, right? Get the help. Think of it as an accommodation for yourself. Okay. The other thing that will help you stay organized is to remember that habits are your friend when it, it really are. And you, it'll help you when you hardwire things in, when they become a habit, it puts you in a position to make less decisions. 
So your impulsivity goes down. And impulsivity is often a big problem with people with ADHD, you know, saying yes in a moment or whatever. And you really, you know, don't want to do that. <laughs> right. So when you have less decisions and you're making habits, it's really going to help you. I can't speak enough about it. So think about anything that could get just a ha- you know, I and so one of the things I say is to always wake up at the same time every day and go to sleep at the same time every day. Because especially on work days, I would say, how's that? So Sunday night, always go to, you know, Sunday through through Thursday, always go to bed at the same time. And uh, Sunday and Monday through Friday, always wake up at the same time. And what that will do is it takes away the decisions. It ju- You'll get your morning routine done. You'll go work out. You meditate. You do your thing first thing, always. Because you get up at the same time. So even if uh, you don't have a meeting till nine, maybe you can work out longer or you can just get up and relax or you can do something else. You, but, you know, and and if you start, like make it so it's at your earliest start time, you're done with whatever your morning routine is. So working out, showering, whatever, meditating, whatever it is, uh, journaling. Make if if you sometimes start at eight with meetings, other times start at nine or ten. Just always have your your start time of your workday at eight, no matter what. That's it, done. And you always are ready at eight o'clock for anything. And then if you don't have a meeting to let, you could do other work. You could. This is when you can schedule in other kinds of things. You don't have to wait for a meeting to start your day, right? So you could keep roughly the same hours would be very helpful. And again, it's just, it's one less thing to decide. It's one less thing to think about and to make a poor decision about. And you will also get enough sleep that way, which will help with your emotional regulation, which will help with your neurotransmitters and your uh, hormones resetting and being even. I mean, it is a win, win, win. Woo, that's it. I tried to do that as soon as, as quickly as possible. <laughs> For my ADHD fans, listen, I know this is a thing. I know I gave you a lot, so don't try to do it all at once. Uh, I know there's a lot here, but if you really listen, there's a, there's a lot of things that are s- consistent and specific that will help you with multiple issues. And really think about what your top issues are and go after that. But I would tell you the mindfulness and the scheduling should be your top, top thing. And really thinking about your day and your schedule and printing it out at night and looking at it in the morning. There are ways to put in anchors. You know, go back through this. Go look at the at the uh, website at the uh, under relationship tips and tools for the blog post. You can just read it really quick um, and have the notes there. You can copy and paste that. I don't care. Like that's why it's there. I'm here to help you. I love you. I want you to get this. I want you to feel better. I don't want you to feel like you're a fuck up. Like you can't get it together. What's wrong with? I don't want that. And. I want, I'm telling you, there are coping strategies. There are ways to do this better. Will it be perfect? No. Will it be the best? No. But it'll really help your quality of life. And that's what I want for you. So don't say no to anything until you've tried it a few times. Try it over the course of a few weeks. If it doesn't work over a few weeks, it's not for you, fine. But at least give it a real chance. Don't try something one time and say that didn't work. Uh, Or don't never try it. So, you know, give yourself an option there. All right, that is it for today. I love and adore you. You got this. Really focus. I'm telling you it's going to help. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you. And I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.